0: Hey, it's Anthony here and welcome to today's episode of the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Whether you're a returning listener or perhaps this is your first time, either way, it's great to have you here with me today. Thank you for all the questions that people have been sending in for possible podcast topics. As you may know, I committed to choose a topic from your input that I feel will appeal to the widest possible audience and focus on that in every fourth episode, and today is one of those episodes. Now, obviously, I can't address every question that's sent in, but don't hesitate to DM or email me with your suggestions, so keep them coming. Now, as I frequently say, ratings and reviews for the podcast are extremely helpful and greatly appreciated. They do matter in the rankings of the show, and they help other people to find this podcast. So I would be really grateful if you left me a review over on the Apple Podcast app. All you need to do is to search Grow My Salon Business on the Apple Podcast app, and to leave a review, scroll to the bottom of the page and click on the Leave a Review button. So with that said, on with today's episode. Today, I want to talk about a topic that a few people have asked me to address on the podcast, and that is the topic of consultations. Now, as many of you know, I've written a book called Super Stylist, and I have an online course also called Super Stylist, where we go into a lot more depth on the importance of consultations. The online course reopens for enrollment in September 2022. And this year, uh, we are doing a rebuild or a redesign of the look and feel of the online Super Stylist course. But the book Super Stylist is always available on the growmysalonbusiness.com website. So I'll put a link to that in today's show notes. So on with today's episode, consultations. Where do I start? Well, I know hairdressers that charge $50 for a consultation and they take at least 15 minutes and sometimes as much as 30 minutes to do an in-depth thorough consultation. And I know others who at best will say something like, so what are we doing today to a client that's already fully gowned up with dripping wet hair a split second before they start cutting. When it comes to consultations, most hairdressers have a question that they ask a client. And that question, I always find it either opens up possibilities and opportunities, or it shuts opportunities down. But the consultation is where it all starts. There are Always going to be a lot of variables and consultations. And that's what I mean when I say that I think we need to treat every client as an individual. First variable, I suppose, is is it a new client or is it a regular client? If they're a regular client, how well do you know them? Are they booked in for a single service or are they already booked in for multiple services? Are they happy with what they currently have or are they wanting a big? change. As I said, the consultation should set everything else up and really determine what else is going to happen during the client visit. But the problem is that often the hairstylist has already put themselves at a disadvantage before they even start what they would regard as the consultation. So we need to drill down into what the key moments are before and during the consultation and understand how do we make those moments count. So what do I mean by that? Well, it's often said that we form opinions about people in the first 10 seconds of meeting them. So what we say, how we say it, and the image that we project all have an immediate effect. In a salon situation, it's in the first 10 seconds where you form impressions about the client and they form impressions about you. And so the first 10 seconds of the consultation is key to what happens afterwards. So think carefully about what you say, how you say it, and the image that you project because it's in that instant that trust an empathy is being built or eroded away. In many cases, that first impression starts before the client has even seen you. And if you keep them waiting, it's unlikely that the first impression will be favorable. Now, I understand it's inevitable that sometimes it's gonna be out of your control that you will be running late. But when that's the case, Don't forget to apologize. And if there is going to be a delay, don't just leave them sitting there. Tell them that you're running a little bit late, apologize, and offer any available alternatives if it's appropriate. And then there'll be other times where it won't be you that are running late. It's the client that's arrived late. The fact that they're running late probably means that they're already stressed before they walk through the door. So Don't aggravate the situation by showing your displeasure at their lateness. Handle it professionally and do what you can, depending on how late they are, to make it work or to find a solution so that it does. So that then leads us on to another first impression, and that is personal appearance. You see, if I'm the client about to entrust my self-image to you, the stylist, ask yourself, do you look like someone that should be giving others advice about their appearance? Now, there are many versions of style, and it would be very boring if we all look the same. But do you look like someone who has pride about the way they put themselves together? Do you look like someone who understands image and can help others make the most of themselves. Because if the answer is no, then before you've even opened your mouth, you're at a disadvantage. Next, we have that magical thing that happens when you smile. You see, we are in a profession where we very quickly have permission to touch people. Often those people arrive in your chair stressed and wound up about their day in a Big warm smile goes a long way to breaking down barriers and putting people at ease. Now, I understand that your day may make you feel like anything but smiling, but you have to learn to fake it till you make it because smiling is not only good for the client, but it's good for you too. Hand in hand with smiling is good manners, the simple ability to be courteous and polite. You see, good manners don't cost anything, but being courteous and polite to everyone around you makes you someone that others want to be around. Simple things like please and thank you, they're not hard to say, but it's all these little things that are building a relationship with the person in your chair. One of the first things, if not the first thing that you do in any relationship is you introduce yourself and perhaps you shake hands if it's appropriate. Now, obviously in this post-COVID world, that may be something that's no longer appropriate, but I have a fairly simple rule. And that is, if you're gonna touch me, I at very least want to know your name. So if it's a new client in your chair, don't assume that they know your name. They may, but they may not. So a simple hi, I'm Anthony. It's nice to meet you, goes a long way. As I said, if it's a new client and you feel it's appropriate, then shake hands if that feels comfortable for you and for them. And this is a great example of how you can't really say, This is how you do consultations every time, because There are some cultures, there are some countries, there are some religions where it may or may not be appropriate. Some women feel it's too formal to shake another woman's hand. And again, as I said, in this post-COVID world, you know, where personal and professional hygiene standards may make shaking hands a thing of the past for some people. So it's important that you're Adaptable, that you're sensitive, that you're considerate, and that you anticipate what is appropriate for every individual, literally in the spur of the moment. But using the client's name is definitely the first step in building a relationship. I've even heard it said that when people tell you their name, it's the most precious sound in the world to them. So listen to it. If it's an unusual name, compliment them on it. Perhaps ask them where it's from. If it's a name that's difficult to pronounce, then get them to repeat it and ask them if you're pronouncing it properly and then use their name. And that's the fastest way to connect and build trust and rapport with someone. So for example, you might say, so Anthony, tell me, how did you first hear about the salon? Or you might say, come down this way, Anthony, we'll get you shampooed. Or Anthony, I'm going to use the tea tree shampoo and conditioner on your hair today. It's the perfect shampoo for your hair and scalp. Now, don't overdo it, but by using my name, it will help you remember it. And remember, using their name is the first step in building trust and rapport and establishing a relationship. And that brings us onto your body language. In a salon situation, the client is typically seated while the stylist is standing. Now, that in itself puts the stylist in a dominant position, which at times can be appropriate. But if, for example, you're dealing with a nervous or unhappy client, that is in the very time that you should get down to their level and pull up a chair or a stool and sit down beside them. Just that simple act of being on the same level, eye to eye, will change the dynamic for the better. Likewise, eye contact is absolutely essential. If someone is talking to you and you're not making eye contact with them, it comes across that you're bored and not listening. Mirrors in hairdressing salons are inevitable and un- I won't say they're unnecessary, They're, they're, they're necessary. But as hairdressers, there are times when you should make sure that you're talking to the client face to face and not through the mirror. And likewise, if you're talking to someone, or they're talking to you, and you're crossing your arms, it can come across as you being defensive. So think about your expressions, think about how you stand, think about your posture, think about how you move, not just from the perspective of your health and well-being, but how everything you do with your body projects what are sometimes subliminal messages that we all pick up on. So after the initial introductions and small talk are over, most hairdressers have what I refer to as a question, the question. I always think that that question is often the make or break point. You see, most of them will say something like, so how would you like your hair done? Or how can I help you today? Or maybe just to tidy up today, is it? Or maybe it's, so what are we going to do with your hair today? Or same as usual? You see, most hairdressers eventually find themselves using a phrase or a question that's become a script and a part of who they are. However, some scripts are lazy, they're not well thought through, and as a result, they close off all options and possibilities before you've even started. Whereas other consultation scripts or questions are sort of open-ended questions that relax the client. They feel natural and they give the stylist insight into possible options and present the opportunity to inspire the client into a whole range of possibilities. The words you use and the questions that you ask are really important. I'm not going to suggest to you that there is one phrase or one question that is a perfect consultation. Again, it would make for a very boring world if we all spoke the same. And I'm definitely not going to suggest that if I was your client, that you sit down next to me with a standard checklist of questions that you're going to ask me. Now, I know that some people do that, but my take on that is that it's a haircut that I want. And if you don't have the personality, the charm and the confidence to look me in the eye and to engage with me and to ask relevant questions, then as the client, then I'd sort of question your ability. So what should you say? Well, let's start by remembering the phrase, be who you are, just better. So after you've exchanged the pleasantries and introduced yourself in whatever way you think is appropriate, there comes a point where you'll ask that initial hair-related consultation question. Now, this is where clients will essentially fall into one of two categories. Either they'll be new client or returning client. And they each require a different approach. Let's talk about the new client consultation first. New clients are probably a little nervous and out of their comfort zone. The fact that they are new clients often means that they were unhappy with their last haircut or color. So putting them at ease and making them feel comfortable and relaxed is really important because they're now in your space, your environment. So once you start asking about their hair, asking the right questions and really listening to the answers means that they're far more likely to be relaxed and to open up. So what are the right questions to ask? Well, we'll talk about scripts and specific questions in a minute. But as a generalization, the right questions to ask are simply open-ended questions, meaning questions that the client can't answer with just a yes or a no. Questions that are open-ended create conversation, and conversation creates opportunity, whereas closed questions go nowhere. So let's have a look at what some relevant questions might be. For example, what have you got in mind today? Or perhaps, what are we going to do today? Or what can I help you with today? Or how would you like your haircut today? All of these examples are very natural. They roll off the tongue easily and used in the right context, they might be suitable, but all of them immediately put the onus on suggesting what is best for the client onto the client. On their own, all of these questions immediately start the process of disempowering you from the opportunity to make suggestions and the opportunity to inspire the client with your knowledge. So although they're all open-ended questions, how can we improve on them? Well, with new clients, after the initial introduction in small talks, I will usually say something like, so have you got anything in mind today? Or would you like me to make some suggestion? It's very natural and it rolls off the tongue easily. But if you break it down, it's acknowledging that most people have something in mind. But it's also positioning yourself as the expert who will have some suggestions. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should use that sentence, but it's certainly been a good opener and very useful for me. You see, I believe that 90% of clients have something in mind when they walk through the door. So it's important to acknowledge that and to ask them. But I also think that a lot of them, in fact, most of them have this what if fantasy or scenario. When I say, have you got anything in mind today? I'm acknowledging that I'm listening. But before they have time to answer, I say, would you like me to make some suggestions? You see, in my experience, a percentage of clients would say, well, what would you suggest? And that's my moment to shine or your moment to shine. It's your moment to impress them with your understanding of hair your moment to ask all the right questions, your moment to show that you understand their needs, and your moment to find out about their likes and dislikes and past experiences that they've had, what worked and what didn't work. And finally, to make your suggestions of what you think will suit them. Now, even though you may have made some great suggestions for their hair, At that point, they may still turn around and say they just want half an inch off the bottom. But at the very least, you planted some ideas for them to consider. I don't believe that there is a right flow or list of questions. Sometimes a consultation might only take a minute or two. Other times it might take 15 minutes. Often the benefit of it Having experience in this industry enables you to zone in on exactly what a client wants. Other times it takes time, but either way, it's time well spent. But the more confident and experienced you are, you'll usually find that you're able to pretty quickly find that one question leads into the next question until you're both clear about what the desired outcome will be. Other questions that might be useful for you in a consultation are things like, how much time do you like to spend on your hair? Or how did you dry it last time it was shampooed? Or what styling products do you usually use? Or how do you feel about your hair at the moment? What's that styling product you've got on your hair at the moment? Or even if you could wave a magic wand and have anything how would you like your hair to be? Well, how do you feel about the color of your hair? What's your biggest frustration with your hair? What have you had in the past that you didn't like? I'm sure you get the idea. There are many, many questions, and depending on the situation, they may all be relevant in some instances. And coming from a charming, caring, educated hairdresser, who has the interest and the communication skills and the confidence to be able to ask the appropriate questions, they are all relevant at different times to that person that has sat in your chair. But remember, when you ask people questions, they will give you answers. So listen, really listen to what they are trying to get across to you. Because Listening is a skill and being effective at consultations requires as much listening as it does talking. Ultimately, your role in the consultation is to listen, but also to offer suggestions, alternatives, and to inspire the client with what they could have. If they choose to have exactly the same thing every time, that's okay. But at the very least, they know that should they want to change, that you're the person with the ideas. During consultations, I always think it's important that you have a can-do attitude, as long as you balance that with reality. What I mean by that is that there'll be times that for any number of reasons that what the client wants may be unrealistic on their hair. But your role is not just to say, that's never going to work on your hair. Your job is to offer alternatives as to how it might work or how it can be adapted to suit their hair and the person in front of you. I love it when clients bring in pictures, whether it's on their Pinterest board or Instagram or on a page out of a magazine, as it immediately cuts through all the noise and gives you a clear reference as to what they want. The only problem with pictures is that clients don't necessarily appreciate how the same haircut can look quite different on five different heads due to the different textures and hair density. Having said that, it's not the client's job to know. It's your job to know. And it's your job to be able to educate the client as to what it will look like and to be able to adapt the cut and the color accordingly. I always think that these days there's no excuse for every hairdresser to not compile a list of references that can easily be shared with clients on an iPad or your phone or some other device. So whether it's your personal digital lookbook or a series of scrapbooks on Pinterest or your Instagram gallery, those sort of images can become a great reference tool for both you and the client. But it's important to remember that the potential for those digital connections all start during the consultation. Once you've then both agreed on what you're going to do, it's a good idea often to to recap exactly what the steps are that you need to take and where appropriate to then talk about what the cost would be for the services and, and what any ongoing maintenance might be involved. But I also think it's important that you avoid using technical jargon, because even within the hairdressing industry, terminology means different things to different people. Instead, show them what it will look like using photographs or examples of other people in the salon, or perhaps Use color swatches or use words that are descriptive rather than technical. For example, use words like volume or sleek or smooth or tussled or warmer or cooler instead of technical words and phrases like graduation or A-line or depth of a level seven or disconnected. These words might mean something to you and I, but they're a foreign language to most clients. So that's a good overview of consultations for new clients. But the returning client needs a different approach. Unfortunately, there's a tendency to get lazy with returning clients and to take them for granted. But that's a trap that you don't want to fall into. Consultations with returning clients are every bit as important as they are with new clients. They're probably just different questions. And may sometimes be quicker, but they still need to be done before a client is shampooed. And they still need to be done while the client is sat at a styling station. The fact that the client is returning probably means that they like what you did last time. But don't assume that that means that they want exactly the same thing this time. So after the initial greeting, and again, any sort of small talk, what are some of the questions that you might ask a returning client in a consultation? Well, simple things like, how has your hair been this time? Is there anything specific that you'd like to change? Is there anything about it that particularly annoys you as it grows out? Do you like the way the color has grown out? Has the color faded more than usual? Did the change with your color last time have any impact on your makeup or wardrobe? Has the color made your hair feel any drier? You see, these questions, they're not a checklist. They're they're relevant questions based on your observations as a professional. They're real, they're insightful, and they're relevant questions based on the head of hair and the person that sat in front of you. I'm sure you get the idea. I'm talking about being genuinely curious, about being knowledgeable, about being caring and passionate about what you do. And if you are, you'll attract clients that respond and your day-to-day work will be much more creatively and financially rewarding, particularly with color clients as a responsibility to suggest alternatives. Because as the seasons change and variations in skin tan and skin tone change, it will affect not only the longevity and condition of the color in the hair, but There might also be changes needed to accommodate those changing skin tones as you go from summer to winter. Sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to constantly be changing every client that comes in the door. Some people, in fact, probably most people as clients, arrive at a time in their life where they have a look, a length, and a texture, and even a color that they feel is them. And while they don't want dramatic changes every visit, they still like it to gradually evolve so that they don't look like a stereotype from another decade. The main thing with returning clients is never, ever take them for granted and just assume that they'll always be same as last time. Pay attention to detail, be knowledgeable and learn from the many great teachers that there are in hairdressing. Learn how to be better and never stop learning and refining your knowledge. Hairdressers are in the service and fashion business, and fashion is all about a constant evolving change. But it's important also that you're consistent with your recommendations. Don't confuse people with these ever-changing ideas that are based on nothing other than a whim have some rationale behind your thinking, and it will give your recommendations a lot more authority and credibility. Sometimes people might instantly love a new idea and embrace change straight away. With others, it takes time. People have to be ready for change. We take people on a journey where we evolve their image over time. Sometimes those changes are drastic where they go from short to long or or light to dark. But usually it's gradually evolving and a gradual process of, of tweaking it and evolving it over a period of time of introducing new elements of color, different lengths and subtly changing the shape, the balance, the finish and the texture and all of that starts with a great consultation. So that's a wrap until next week when I bring another great guest to you on the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Don't forget that every fourth episode, I focus on a topic that is suggested by you, the listener. So if you have a topic or a question, then email me, anthony at growmysalonbusiness.com or DM me at Grow My Salon Business and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and leave us a rating and review on the Apple podcast app. So until next week, keep safe.